Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Four Podmen with me, your host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, joined as always by my beautiful co hosts and fellow Podmen. On my left, he may be somewhere else on your screen, but on my screen, he's left, and it is the left man himself, Mr. Joe the Beef Dignan. We've got, of course, my right hand man, my partner in crime, my. Uh, my soulmate of podcasting, <laughs> Mr. Noel, the shopkeeper Hogan. And this week, we do, of course, have the DJ Jay Kennedy, the road dog, DJ road dog Kennedy, whatever you want to call him. But today, that's not what he is. Jay has done something really cool. As you may have seen in the past, that Jay looks like somebody that can, that can spiritually um, turn into whatever he wants. He's a bit of a shapeshifter, and as you can see on the screen today, Jay has decided to shapeshift into a polar bear, and he has pledged a vow of silence for one week only. So Jay is going to be here with us um, in polar bear form, and he is going to uh, have the mute button on for the whole show today. So um, this is going to be a great one. First of all, gentlemen that can speak, that have decided not to... Uh, use their shape-shifting powers, which I don't think you have, guys. I think it's only Jay out of all of us that has that. Um, how are you, guys? Very good. Very good. Good to be here, as always. As always. I, I am upset that Jay's not here. I even I even shaved, you know, got, my groom, got myself all groomed for him. He's not here to see you. Well, he is there. He can see you there. He's just decided not to, uh, he's just decided not to speak this Sorry, week. Sorry, I should have said he can't compliment me on it. Maybe, maybe that's why he, uh, maybe that's why he decided to use his shapeshifting abilities and, and pledge the vow of silence for the week because he was speechless by what he was about to see. You, that you, shiny. You wouldn't have thought Jay would be a man that would appreciate a shaved head. <laughs> but he does. It's great. Jay is the kind of man who appreciates all kind of haircuts, even mine. Although I, I'm repping the repping the flames uh, today repping my flames and all of the working men that are out there cutting wood for a living this one's for you so we do have a great show for you lined up this week ladies and gentlemen and because we are off the back of the 2021 royal rumble and so we're going to speak about that and in a little bit of depth we're not going to go through it match by match like you know, like a lot of a lot of podcasts do, and like we have done in the past, we're just going to speak about it, specific things that we looked at and, and stuff that we uh, we thought was good, I suppose. Um, and then we are going to be talking about big men in the business because, based off the back of the uh, really successful Yokozuna documentary that everybody's raving about at the moment, we decided that we would take a, a closer look at some of the big men in the business, and we call that segment. The big man business, it's really creative, and uh, 
So, yeah, first and foremost, guys, how have you been? Uh, it's another week of lockdown over here, but it's another busy week in the world of the Dynamo Podcast Network, which is, of course, as always, uh, bringing you this wonderful show with, uh, with the four pod men, one silent one. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been flat out this week with podcasting and dropping shows and working on content and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And also working away, doing stuff in the shop and stuff like that, trying to do Facebook orders, all that kind of stuff. So I've had a really busy week um, and uh, really, look, really looking forward to, um, to this one and had a great time on last week's one. If you haven't seen it yet, it's up on YouTube, CM Punk. It was absolutely fantastic. So really looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too, Joe. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this. It's the first bit of WWE I've watched. You know, not in, not in excluding classic WWE, but you know, more recent WWE I've watched in a few years. Like I, I stopped watching back. I think it was I think it was twenty it was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I stopped watching. Um, I'll talk about that later on because it actually coincides with some of the stuff I'm going to talk about with this rumble. But. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to actually sit down and have a look at you know a lot of these uh, wrestlers that I haven't seen before. To be honest, I, I know I I've heard of them, but I haven't actually seen a lot of them you know before. So it was good to actually sit down and do that. Yeah, cool. And uh, obviously, um, some some tragic news today, there, Noel. Yeah, we um we got news today that we lost Butch Reed today, yeah. um. Absolutely stellar performer back in the day for me when I was young anyway, and he was in slick stable and stuff like that yeah. as the natural butch raid people yeah. would remember. Yeah. Um Doy passed away today, I think it was 66 years of age. Six, yeah. Had um had a couple of heart attacks this month or, or in January after Christmas or whatever it was, and obviously didn't go too well and never came back out of it. So rest in peace, Butch Reed. Um another loss. Innovator um, in the in the African American community, especially in the in the wrestling world, definitely one of those guys uh, early on that was really was an innovator. Just looked like a million dollars as well. Um, so, from us at the Four Podmen and the Dynamo Podcast Network, we definitely send our condolences to um, all the friends and family of the natural Butch Reed. Um, also, want to give a shout out to someone that made an appearance back early on in. Um, in Dynamo's dozen, um, Paul Cannaville, first ever black player to play for Chelsea, who's actually in hospital in critical condition at the moment. He was meant to be coming on the podcast hopefully soon as well. So we uh, thoughts and prayers with the with the family there as well, and hopefully he pulls through that as well. So absolutely, um, get all the bad news out of the way um, to start the show. I know it's never fun, but uh, you got to be respectful to these people and. Uh, and show that we care. Um, but we will move on to the 2021 Royal Rumble, which was in Tampa, Florida, wasn't it this year? No, it was in Tampa. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tampa, Florida. Again, to a uh, to an empty arena. Um, but the Thunderdome, I mean, is, has worked wonders for WWE, I think, even with the fake noise or whatever. People are going to be picky about that. Look, it makes sense, and it's good. And it's better than, you know, what we saw last year at WrestleMania, where it was just completely empty. It adds a bit of atmosphere and you generally forget that it's an empty arena. So um, really good work there from WWE from a production standpoint as well. Um, Joe, you mentioned there that it was your first time watching in years. What do you think of the kind of setup 
and how they've kind of dealt with uh, with the COVID situation and kind of made it work for them. Yeah, well, as you said, the, the, it's my first time actually sitting down and uh, I've seen pictures of Thunderdome and clips of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think... It, I Did think I do a whole Kogan and call it Superdome? No, no, you called oh, it Thunderdome. Sure. Did I? Okay. <laughs> no, no, it was Thunderdome. You're all good. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that could Tina Turner beyond the Thunderdome. Yeah, I was like, it's only my first beer. And I was like, surely I didn't make that rookie mistake. Straight away. But no. It's good enough good. for Hogan. It's good enough for me, though. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. No, you're all right, but no, I, I thought I thought it was very good, and the you know the piping in the crowd noise makes complete and utter sense. Yeah, you know, like I I I I never understood you know the you know just complete silence and all you hear is grunting and panting and the ref talking and you know it's, it just it, it helps the whole atmosphere the whole of, of the whole of uh, the whole experience, and uh, I think it makes complete sense to have it. I can understand where you. You might think it's a little bit hokey and stuff for that, and but you know it yeah it has to be done. You know, needs must, and it, it absolutely I think it absolutely needs to be there, and it didn't bother me in the slightest. No, I thought it worked well, Noel. I know you're a big fan of that setup, anyway, um, and you think it you know also it makes sense. Look, you're always going to have someone just looking to moan about something. I mean, like when we saw WrestleMania, I mean the. The guys and the girls in particular were having to work overtime with, and, and it was just constant screaming and the screaming didn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? It was like, come on, bitch. And it was like, like if you're in a real fight, you're not kind of screaming like that constantly. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think, and, and that's not like a slight on any of the performers. <laughs> I mean, they basically were doing training matches under the lights and it was a very, very difficult situation that they were put in. But uh, they still pulled through and done a, done a great job. But, yeah, on to today's show. I suppose we're going to start out with um, – I'm going to leave this one to you guys. Um, I'll start with you, um, Joe. What in particular, over the course of the whole show, was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Um, yeah, there was There was one thing. Um, it, this could be – you know, as I said, I haven't watched, the, watched it in a few – a couple of years now. But the um, the video the video game style camera work for their entrances is that a new thing or is that is that has that been around a while? Um, I think they have that in there at the moment because um, it, it's it's when they come down the ramp that could be quite there could be a bit of a clash with the the thunderdome lighting and stuff like that and all. So it's um, you, you'll see it as well. It, 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 they actually do look like the video game entrances as well. They don't look real, like you know what yeah. I mean. But um, yeah, I think it's um, it, it, it's more a CGI sort of computer graphic type thing to you know to kind of get it to blend in with the Thunderdome because the Thunderdome there's so much graphic coming through there, it can sort of drown it out and make it look dull. Because you'll see, you'll see as well when we get on to talking about the women's, they all have the same type of makeup style done as well for that as well you'll see the all they're all wearing that same type of brushed up enlightened makeup um when they're coming down as well to the ring you know so because it's more like studio and i suppose the yeah. um i suppose the lighting that's coming from the screens that they have is quite sharp yeah as well so yeah contrast and all that kind of stuff yeah and probably came into play that, now, look i am talking like i'm an expert on on tv <laughs> go ahead joe no because i, I, I I thought I thought for some of the entrances it absolutely it looked fan fucking fantastic to be honest. Yeah. I I, I first noticed it when uh, Victoria came out, mm. and um, for her and probably because 
she started, you know, she came out, she stood for, for a while at the top, did her thing with her hair, like, and then walked down to the ring. Yeah. And uh, for anyone that walked down the rampway, it looked really, really good. Anyone yeah. that ran, yeah. it did it did look a bit crap when they ran because the camera couldn't keep up with them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, but I, I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, the other, one thing uh, I need to ask is um, the Samoa Joe on commentary, is, is he retired from the ring, is he? Or? I don't know. Noel, what's the story? He's been on commentary for a while, hasn't he? He kind of comes and goes on commentary. I, I think it's a case of they, they have him in there kind of as that sort of, you know, a little bit sort of disgruntled, but to bring a bit of realism to the commentary yeah. team. Because if you look at the commentary teams that are out there at the moment, even with the kickoff shows and stuff like that, they, there's not that, um, you have Lawler in there and Booker T and stuff like that, but they wanted to bring that bit of new depth in there, if you like. But I don't think he's not retired or anything like that. I think he's, he's coming back, I think, from injury or something like that. But they probably just don't have anything for him at the moment, trying to figure out where he kind of fits in. So they're popping him out there probably to keep him relevant. I like him on commentary, actually, because um, he just brings a sort of a, a snarliness to it, if you like. Yeah. You know, like you listen to him on commentary and you're nearly waiting for him to jump up off the desk and run in and screw someone over type of thing. You know, that kind of way, like a plant. Uh, but he's good. I like him. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, like... not, I'm, not compla- I'm not complaining about his commentary style yeah. or anything. Like, it's just, yeah. I've, I've always been a big fan of his, so... I was kind yeah. of like, oh no, don't tell me he's he's finished, you know, because yeah. uh, I always thought he was yeah. really good. Well, he had a bad well, injury, didn't he, for a while? So yeah. I think it, it, it maybe it's just he's not cleared really to, to get back in the ring yet. Yeah. You know, nowadays yeah. the way um, wrestlers are he, softer. Said, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> he's, he's had bad knees for years. Like, yeah. you know, as, as There's nothing like, soft about Samoa Joe. <laughs> no. The, 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 thing, the, the, the thing with Joe as well is they've, they've put him into a lot of different storylines and he's got to come full circle where he's he's literally feuded with most people on the rosters as well. So, you, you know, sort of when you're thinking about bringing him back or something like that, you'd nearly be thinking of you know, like a character change or something like that, you know, just to freshen him up a little bit, you know, because he's the Samoan submission machine. But, you know, when you've gone through the whole loop of roster nearly, it can get very stale if it comes back again, very similar, you know. So, yeah. where, like, where'd you put him, like, you know? Yeah. So, um, is right now, there, Joe, you wanted to add to that? I don't like, you know, I just have some notes written written down in general, like, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys noticed when McIntyre got speared through the barricade, how close his head was to some big lump of metal. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Did you notice absolutely. that, Noel? Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That scared the crap out of me, man. Because that, that could have been, uh, if he was, what, just a, another few centimeters to his left, he would, like that, he was whacking his head off that thing. Like, it, that yeah. really scared me, now, to be honest. And I was absolutely delighted that he won. Because <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Yeah. You, you I was that. terrified. I was terrified they were going to put Goldberg over again. No. And I got to hand it to um, I got to hand it to Goldberg though. He gets a lot of um, you know, he gets a lot of heat and a lot of kind of criticism. But I thought that match made absolute sense. It was like and and fair play to Goldberg. It was like him kind of coming in and passing the torch down, so to speak, as a big guy saying like, "Yeah, Drew, you know, I'll take this." And you know, Bill's body isn't able for that long match anymore. I mean, he was he was never able for long matches in general. Um, as we know, I mean, he had a couple of decent ones with the likes of um, Dallas Page. I want to think back at Halloween Havoc, he had a good match. You could get a good match out of him if he was in with the right people. He had a decent one with Brett, the famous, you know, fuck up at the end. But um, 
Yeah, I, I thought you know for all the for all the heat that he gets, you know he knows that his body probably isn't able for it anymore. And I thought he'd done the right thing coming in, making it basically wasn't necessarily a squash match, but there was enough of a story told within that two two and a half minutes. I think to show that like oh Jesus, like you know these superpowers aren't working like they used to, you know what I mean? And um, handing it to the, the new, the new book, I suppose. And um, yeah, it was, or Stallion in Drew, <laughs> Drew McIntyre's case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that match made, made absolute sense and it was good to, uh, good to see the, the outcome. It gets Drew strong into Mania and that's a, that's a good, that's a good one to keep an eye on to see who Drew goes up against that Mania. Um I'm not thinking that they're going to well, do the edge. I think Orton would more than likely be the 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 uh, the match there, but we'll see. Noel, anything in particular that stood out for you that you wanted to point out? I I really liked um, in in the two Rumble matches. The the one thing that stood out for me um, and that I was most concerned about was everyone got their little bit of wrestling in. Yeah, and I really really enjoyed that because yeah. you know. Everyone, everyone who participated in both rumbles, I think they came out of it really, really well, and I think it it, it added to their, you know, to their stock, if you like, you know what I mean. Whereas yeah. before, you know, you'd you'd have like you know guys in there and they'd eliminate ten guys just throwing them out like they like they're nothing. Yeah. But I think most guys who came into the rum boat rumbles, the guys and the girls, especially the women's rumble, stood out to me like the, the, the wrestling in it was phenomenal. And the girls did an out all the girls did an outstanding job, you know what I mean? And I mean, we'll talk in depth in a bit about the ones that stood out and stuff like that, and all you yeah. know, really, really, really liked it. I thought the whole card was a solid card. Like Joe, I was worried about the Drew situation because I thought. They might just do this again and it would kill the whole show if they did it. Um, you know, Goldberg going over in that match would have killed the pay-per-view dead, regardless of the other matches, you know. Um it would have been it would have been the same thing, yeah. To speak on last week that happened with CM Punk with The Rock. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it just it kills the momentum yeah. that you've been building in this particular yeah. star, you know, because it didn't hurt Drew losing to um to someone like Orton, because I mean, Orton is still probably the best in the game, you know, arguably. So, yeah, but the but, only I yeah, agree yeah, with you. Not, oh, sorry, yeah. I thought, um, I thought, um, Sasha was outstanding as always. I mean, she's, she's getting better, isn't she? She's just an absolute star. She has everything she is. She's one of those looks, Joe. Remember when she came out when you were talking about that sort of gameplay? When she came out as well, it looked like you were watching one of the 2K entrances. And I also seen it with Roman Reigns. When Roman came down, because he was so slow and methodical, it looked like the entrance off one of the games as well. Yeah. But um, absolutely, I mean, from top to bottom, I just thought it was an outstanding rumble. And I thought it was a real, real positive way to kick off the road to WrestleMania, if you like. I just uh, compared, to, compared to other years where it's it's kind of flip-flopped and let us down a little bit. Um, it was a long one as well. The, the only thing I noticed was, um, you know, there was, there's obviously no room for it now with two rumble matches, obviously, but there was no, no tag title matches, um, for the men's. And I don't think there wasn't an IC match either. Sure. There wasn't. Um, no. so that, that might've been the only drawback, but it was, a, it was a long pay-per-view when you have two rumble matches. I mean, that's two hours straight away, practically, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's tough to fit everything in, but I, I think they got the balance right. I, I think that the women between the women's matches and also their rumble match, I think the women came out of it looking really, really strong. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah, just on... Um, not, just, 
I was going to just say, just on Sasha Banks, um, I wasn't always her biggest fan early on. Like she could be a bit sloppy in the ring. I felt, um, even though she always looked a million dollars coming out with the, the hand up and the boss kind of thing on her, and she looked great. And I think her entrance music is deadly as well. Um, well, I don't like the new one with Snoop on. I used to like the old one. Um, but I think she's really worked on her in ring work a lot, and because she's you know repetition is obviously key in this in this business. And she's really polished and honed her craft. And now, I don't know whether you, 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 you would agree with me here. I think in the last, say, six months to a year, she really looks like she believes it now. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. She, yeah. Like, it's like she always played the gimmick well. But like yeah. now with the whole package, it looks like she really believes it. You know, and she's definitely a bona fide star for sure. Yeah. There's um, a, a comfortableness in the ring in there with her now. That's exactly that, that you get exactly. that she was kind of slightly missing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It wasn't big things. It was just you know I think confidence probably got lost a little bit when the incident with Paige and all that happened as well. Yeah. You know these girls, you know, uh, unless you're not a Jax or someone like that, yeah. they don't want to hurt people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that I think the the program with Bailey made a huge difference. Yeah, that's Bailey's when that's when she really stepped up. Yeah, because Bailey is. Yeah. I mean Bailey. Yeah. is pretty awesome as well um what would you say then in terms of uh, that was my next my next um because you kind of answered i was going to say like who impressed and whatnot but we kind of talked on that and we can get into that in more detail when we get into the matches themselves um what did you think was the best match what were you most entertained by noel you you you've already kind of mentioned that you think the women's rumble was probably your favorite part of the show what about you joe are you the same or i I'm the same. The women's rumble I thought was brilliant. The only criticism I have of that women's rumble was that they brought out the 24-7 bollocks into it. I thought they, they could have left that out and that match was pretty much perfect. That yeah. was the only thing. Like As soon as I heard um, R-Truth's music, I went, oh, you're joking. Why would you do it when you have a really good rumble match going? Why would you throw this nonsense into the middle of it? Yeah. And um, that was it. That's the only criticism I have of that match. I thought it was bloody brilliant. I yeah. really enjoyed it from start to finish. Yeah, and it, Billy Kay acting the maggot outside of her eight by tens and all this crack, trying to find a partner to go in with her. Um, I, I just thought I thought I just enjoyed that match. As I said, from start to finish, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and the only the only criticism I have is when the lads got involved because I thought it was stupid and took yeah. away from it. I really am. Um, I really enjoyed. Um when the veterans went in Victoria and Mickey James and Tori and all because normally they would go in as a kind of a token gesture and probably go very quick but they stayed in there for a while and they got their stuff in as well which I thought was really really cool as well so they felt a part of the actual rumble and a part of the roster as opposed to being well let's fling in a couple of the legends in there type of thing for the sake to, to pad out the 30 if you like so I thought that was really cool the the, the only one thing in that I was disappointed was uh, I was hoping Alexa would get to do her turn but she was cut off short and eliminated that was the only thing but apart from that I thought the women were just outstanding everyone got their bid in and everyone looked really strong in the match and I just thought it was it was it was brilliant even the stuff with Charlotte and all Charlotte was fantastic in the match as well you know for me the, the likes of Rhea Rhea was incredible Bianca was incredible but they were all incredible and um, but they were the ones that kind of stuck out I just thought for me that 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 to me like Apart from the R True stuff, as you said, was a five star match. It's, it's as good a rumble as you're going to watch, to be honest. Really, really good. Am I the only one that loves Shayna Baszler? 
I love Shayna. Do you know? She was my pick. She, I actually picked her to win the Rumble. I just, you, you know, she's more like, I mean, Ronda Rousey done great in the space of time that she was there. And Ronda Rousey is a huge fucking star, like one of the biggest stars in, in sports, you know, ever, certainly of the modern era anyway. But like Shayna Baszler, she's like, she's got like a Katie Taylor kind of physique, you know what I mean? She looks like she'd fuck you up. Obviously, Ronda did as well, but you could tell that Ronda was like trained really quickly. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Shayna was like a like a good fucking stew, and she was just allowed to kind of bubble up over 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 time, and wasn't pushed into anything too soon. So again, I think Ronda done a great job for you know for the time that she was given and the spot that she was given. She's had some quality matches, um, but I think with Shayna Baszler, you believe everything about her. Like when she walks to the ring, like you know. Not it's not even like real masculine or anything. It's 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 she's still feminine in a sense, but like she's I don't know. There's just something about her. There's an aura. I think when she's when she's in the ring, she just she presents herself like she's in a legitimate fight, and all of her shit looks legitimate. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't say all. I wouldn't say it all looks legitimate. That that the punches that her and Nia Jax threw at each other. That exchange was. Horrible. Yeah, but that, that's yeah. that's in a rumble match. I'm saying generally her <laughs> yeah. matches that she's having, generally her matches all look pretty legit. Yeah. She should have punched Nia Jax for real, to be fair. And just giving her a taste of her own medicine. Let's let's be let's be real here. Um I think we're all in the same boat when we when we talk about Nia Jax, aren't we? Um she definitely needs and I don't like criticizing people on the show, especially in the modern era, but how many times? I mean, does she have to actually break someone's neck or kill someone before? And I mean, obviously, the girl doesn't think she's doing that wrong. So that that's on a lot of these trainers and coaches as well. Surely, like she's got to be kind of reprimanded or something. But anyway, look, we we, we digress. I think um, I think obviously here in the news as well that Vinnie Mac wasn't actually backstage at this show as well. Um, so he didn't actually put the show together. There's a lot to be said in that too, isn't there? With with how well the rumbles were put together and stuff like that you know but i don't know whether i believe that i mean there's no way just because Vinny wasn't there doesn't mean that he wasn't uh in the headset from somewhere like you know what i mean i think that's a couple of uh i think that's a couple of rags and online rags kind of trying to put something put some smoke where there is no fire to be fair um, yeah without a doubt i mean with the technology they have now vince mcmahon doesn't need to be in the arena to be hounding people or whatever or, or putting it through or, or making calls on it and stuff like that you know as you said it's just that's just internet nonsense really yeah you know? vince, you vince could be guaranteed vince could be uh remember that uh, what was it that was it that film called 24 or 27 meters down or something where they're yeah. stuck underneath with the sharks yeah any mac could be in that situation and he'd still be on the blower to bruce pritchard and go get that <laughs> Although I would say there could be an element of truth to it if Goldberg didn't go over. Just saying. <laughs> well, maybe he was asleep for that match. Maybe they said, Roy Vince is out of town. We've got a two-minute window. Boom. <laughs> maybe he thought they were having a three-hour kickoff show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll keep him for Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Another thing I noticed about, you know, where Niall brought it up earlier about the lack of uh, lack of matches, you know, title matches. Like you had the two world title matches, and then the the Royal Rumbles, isn't that it? I think that was it, wasn't it? Two Rumbles and the two world title matches, and yet they had plenty of time to put that 
fucking musical interlude, should we call it that? And um, then the they brought in the uh, pre-show panel to talk for for a while. I think they could have dropped the two of them and thrown another match in there, you know, rather than having. I thought that, but the only thing I can think of is that they had to do some kind of changeover and have the cameras off the ring for a while or something. I'd say with the, I'd say it was something to do with, with the technical side of, of basically, because they're basically running like a mini studio within like a big hockey arena. Do you know what I mean? So there's probably, I'd imagine there's some sort of stuff there that they have to, uh, they have to take into consideration. Like imagine the heat there with, with the, the lights surrounding there as well. Um, what let's talk a little bit about the uh we won't spend too long but the roman reigns and kevin owens match with paul Heyman, and obviously the the kind of botched finish where the referee basically just decided to stop counting i mean it was a great idea um and for a while you kind of believed that shit the title's going to change here like this is strange um but you only believed it because it was a botched finish <laughs> and uh Heyman couldn't seem to find the uh couldn't seem to find the hole yeah. As, as an old as, as an old manager of mine would have said, if it had hair on it, he would have found it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, as as I said, like I haven't watched WWE now in, in a couple of years, so I this is my this is my first taste of heel Roman Reigns. Like, oh, and, uh, what did you think? I I thought he was fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that, I just wanted to say on that, I have I've written down here that the reason I stopped watching WWE and uh, was. It was the WrestleMania that Roman, it was after the WrestleMania, Roman Reigns lost to Brock Lesnar. And then they had a triple threat on, on a Raw before SummerSlam to decide who the, who the number one contender was to take on Brock at SummerSlam. And it was Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, and I cannot remember who the third guy was on the Raw. And I was watching it and I said, if they, if they push Roman Reigns again, to go after uh, Brock Lesnar, I'm done. I'm finished watching WWE. And of course, that's what they did. They went with Roman Reigns and he went on to SummerSlam and beat Brock. But um, so I, I wrote down, face Reigns putting me off WWE. Heel Reigns might bring me back. I loved him in yeah. that match. I thought he was deadly. And uh, so he actually may I, may, I may start watching it again just because he's turned heel now. Yeah, it's... Um... He really is a specimen, isn't he? Like, he, he looks, I mean, you know, uh, my, my better half, I mean, she woke up, I think, uh, a few weeks back. It was maybe the last pay-per-view. And there was a backstage segment, and she just happened to turn around. I think Reigns just came out for an interview or something. And I don't think she could actually, I think it was kind of one of those times where you, you, you actually just say what you're thinking by mistake. <laughs> Yeah. And she comes out and just goes, "My lord, how good looking is that man?" And I kind of was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah, you I mean, he's literally like, I mean, he's like, he's like uh, sexy Momoa himself. He's like Jason Momoa. They're like, they're like twins, but this lad's even better looking. Man. You know what I mean? He's bigger. He, he's actually like a comic book hero. I mean, if he's not, if he's not in movies when this is going as some sort of comic book hero or whatever. Then I don't know what's so. and I'm sure that's the ne the next progression. But he really is just—it's like somebody designed them, isn't it, on a computer game or something? Like I don't know. You got like Ed McGuinness, one of the great artists, and said, "Draw me a superhero, like from Samoa, fucking long hair, good-looking guy, or whatever." That, 
that's Roman Reigns, right? I mean, he's got absolutely everything. Noel, you and me have been very loyal to Roman Reigns over the years, and we think we're probably two of the only people that have, even when uh, even when everyone turned on him. Um, you know, we'd probably both agree that they were pushing him in the wrong way, in the sense that he probably should have turned heel before. But at the same time, dude, talk about a man who perseveres. Like Cena version two, right? In that sense, just doesn't let that and get to him, keeps going through all the bullshit. And unlike Cena, Vince has obviously learned from his mistakes and went, All right, we're gonna we're gonna turn him heel now. And my God, does that man look like he's enjoying it? Yeah, well, I think it's you know, when you look at Roman Reigns, like he's had to deal with all that kind of you know, the rock rub crap that came through all the time, you know what I mean? And and yeah. no one had ever justify him as being legit in his position or something like that, you know what I mean? And then yeah. and then you gotta remember when they broke up the shield, he was kind of he was kind of in the shadow of the two boys as well, trying to find himself. Like because obviously Rollins was shot to the moon. And then obviously Dean Ambrose switched brands, I think, and be, became a, a bona fide star, I think, on SmackDown. Rollins was on Raw, I think. And and sort of Reigns was this sort of forgotten child, if you like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, one thing we talk about on this podcast time and time again is about slowing things down, bringing in psychology, making things more meaningful. Yeah. And how often do we preach that? And good Lord, has that guy tuned into our podcast and taken it on board? There is no doubt about it because his psychology is absolutely top-notch at the moment. Like Off the charts. Best that, in the game. That guy will get a tree count out of you by just staring at you. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. And, it's, and then, of course, you throw in Paul Heyman and it's just like it's, it's it's just gold I know we're kind of talking about the botch and stuff like that but I mean in general I mean I thought the build up to this match was electric as well like, I thought like yeah. the stuff with Adam Pearce and stuff like that and all I thought it was absolutely brilliant and Kevin Owens attacking him and you know the way Kevin Owens was attacking him it was like it was like Reigns was nearly kind of vulnerable even though he wasn't and I think, you know, when, when you're pushing a guy like that here, like Kevin Owens is a fantastic dance partner to have for those big guys because he's kind of not small and he's kind of not big. He's that kind of in-between place. But Kevin Owens is brilliant. Like from a psychology point of view as well, Kevin Owens, there's a kind of um, an inner depth to him in there that I don't think WWE have monopolized on quite yet. But his, his, his character work is there just waiting to be really opened up. I was going to say, Noel, let me just cut across you for a second so I don't yeah. forget it. There's actually four people that come to mind in the wrestling industry that if, if some young fella or young girl come up to me and said, um, now I'm only saying about the men's side of it here, we, you know, we'll mention women as well. But um, if there's four people that I was asked today and some young guy goes, oh, who should I watch to work on my psychology in the modern era? Four people, I would say, and it would be Roman Reigns, would be Randy Orton, would be Finn Balor, and it would be uh, Kevin Owens. They're four people that I think stand head and shoulders above everyone when it comes to psychology. You know, some people are probably going, oh, Finn Balor? Well, yeah, watch his, watch his NXT stuff. It's very simple. You know, and it's what you're saying, Noel. It's the little details that people don't think about. It's the, the facial expressions, the look the way they walk to the ring, the way they carry themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Orton and uh, Reigns are very similar in that sense at the moment. And I wonder, <clears throat> I do wonder, 
because I know Reigns and Orton are pretty close as well, apparently. I do wonder if like Reigns kind of looked at a little bit of that as well, because he's got that similar kind of stare, you know, the cold stare, and Orton kind of has that as well, which we obviously see in Orton was definitely a star on this show as well. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys would agree with me on that in terms of the four that I mentioned in terms of psychology. Well, I'd, I'd also include Cody Rhodes in there. Well, well, I would, I would put Cody in there as well. But like sometimes with what Cody has to work with, no offense to any of the guys in AEW because there's none meant. I'm just saying he's working with a lot of guys that are coming from the indie scene and they're kind of learning as they go in terms of television psychology, because we all know television psychology and you know working on the indies or working on the small time is completely different than working on the the national broadcasters or the big networks. So there's a lot of guys there you know, including Kenny Omega and all that need to work on that side of their stuff. Do you know what I mean? To work on their, their facials and stuff. And that'll probably come to Kenny as well now that he's healed. Um, but I would agree, Cody as well. I would, I would definitely throw Cody in there. But I mean, just in WWE, they would be, I think in girls, um, with the girls, I would be looking at people like, definitely Charlotte Flair without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think Shayna Baszler, definitely her psychology in terms of facials and stuff like that. Definitely, I think Sasha Banks improved it. Um, and I think in terms of in-ring psychology, uh, Bailey, you know, without, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you know, that ass isn't just uh, there to look good. <laughs> she can she can move, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, sorry, Noel. I just wanted to throw that in because it was a really good point that you brought up when you yeah, were talking absolutely. about that. Yeah, but I also, the, the, the one thing, you know, <coughs> the one thing I always talk to fans about and people online and stuff like that is like that like the build up to a match is so vitally important and yeah. the match then is just the payoff but I thought that using that hold that card subject to change I thought was absolutely golden that's because, old school isn't it yeah because that that whole thing that's a real bone of contention with fans because you know even when you buy a ticket for a house show and you think this is the card you're getting yeah. and then all of a sudden you get like you know you get Sunday night heat <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you don't get the carriage you want. It's, it's like and, when and it's uh, always, it's like when certain local promoters over here, you know, without mentioning names, used to do things like that. You know, they'd have like a certain star on their on their poster on their flyer. You were like, shit, is he going to be there? And then you get there and it's like, it's Billy Tobin from fucking Wales in the main event. And you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Do you know what I mean? There is no yeah, Billy yeah. Tobin, so nobody can be offended because I haven't called yeah. anyone out. Unless there is a Billy Tobin wrestling. If yeah. you are wrestling somewhere, Billy, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> hit us up. I got your back. I didn't mean to call you. I wish you nothing but, but I, love and success. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I thought it, I thought it was brilliant in the way that Adam Pierce played the card. So mm. Adam Adam Pierce pulled out like four kings, and then Heyman came down and pulled out four aces by reversing the whole thing. And I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's just those little, and it's just it's such a small thing. But little, so vitally important. Very, very small. But like, I mean, and as you said, card subject to change. I mean, you're going back to, yeah. you're going back to the fifties, right there with that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff that they used to pull. And um, you know, well, we may not see Bruiser Brody tonight. You know, we're still waiting <laughs> on an update. And you're like, yeah. sure. And that's the payoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So as we've already kind of talked about the women's rubble, I suppose we should talk about the uh, the winner. Like, was was there any surprises there with anyone with Bianca Blair? We've seen that they've kind of been pushing her, and um, she's quite an agile woman. Definitely, she's a. Uh, I mean, I don't know. 
does anyone think it's too soon for her? Would they have preferred someone else, or do you think it was right on the money? I was I was delighted to see. I was actually delighted to see her and Rhea Ripley come down to the final two. Yeah, yeah. Rhea you Ripley know, is just taking her. She's basically Charlotte. The next I, you know, look, Char- like taking nothing away from Charlotte. Charlotte is phenomenal, but it was just great to see that they were like, you know, we trust the two of you to finish this out. Yeah, and it, and it just made sense that. You know, to, to show, look, we don't always have to rely on old reliable. We do have trust in these other superstars. And um, I, I thought, didn't need it, like, yeah. Yeah, he said Charlotte's had everything under the sun. She beat Oscar. She had, um, she, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of all the other things she did. She beat Which Oscar. Becky right? as well, yeah. You know what I mean? She, and she had that um, back and forth with Sasha for a while, which is phenomenal too. Like, you know, Charlotte didn't, didn't need it. But she played her part perfectly. Like I yeah. thought she was amazing in that rumble. But um, I, I I just thought it was brilliant to see uh, Ripley and Belair left to the last two because it it really was kind of like Jesus, which one of these two, which one of these two are they strapping a rocket to? And um, I I think they made the right choice with Belair. To be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like. What people forget is th- these girls have put in a phenomenal amount of work down in NXT and stuff like that and all, you know what I mean? So, like, there's mileage on the card there, you know. They've, they've, oh, yeah. they, they've put it in, you know. They've yeah. put the hard work in, and they, and they are. You can see, you do eventually have to push the button on and go, these are superstars. About time we just let them off the hook and let them go. Let them do their thing, you know what I mean? And, and become those next tier of superstars you know what I mean it would have been very easy the other night to put Charlotte as the winner in there because she'd gotten screwed in the tag belts you know what I mean and the way that she had lost and stuff like that then the rumble might have been the payoff for the tag match or something like that you know and, and people would have looked at that and go well yeah that could kind of make sense as well but in terms of that new talent in there and you know it's dismissive to call them new because they're not new they've put in a lot of work yeah. Um, so I had no problem with it at all. I had no problem if either girl had a one. As a matter of fact, I, when I was looking at it at the time, I was thinking, you know, based on the other episodes we had talking about where we had like double winners and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't have been too upset if we had had a double winner. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. those two girls, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it could have it lent itself maybe to a, you know, a very good triple threat match maybe at WrestleMania. You know, I know the yeah. purists will say, oh, there always has to be a winner. But uh, I thought, like, you know, that could have been one there where both girls went out and I would have went, okay, that 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 still makes sense to me. Well, I'm a purist and I would have been happy if they went back to that 1994 finish with Lex and Brett. Like, I think that would have been, a, uh, that's a great show. Yeah. Um, no, 10 out of 10 to the, to the women. Um, getting on to the men's one, there was some uh, there was some nice surprises. Obviously, Edge comes out at number one and you're thinking, hmm, interesting. I'll be honest with you, lads, and I'm not just saying this, um, because I did eventually watch it live, even though I was up early the next day. I did it. I couldn't sleep. It must have been just rumble fever. I don't know, but I couldn't sleep when I woke up about two in the morning, and uh, I turned it on just in time to see the the, uh, the 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 heavyweight title match. So I seen that, and then I seen the main event, and then obviously went back and watched the the women's and all. But um, good lord, like I, I, straight away when I saw Edge come out, I was like, he's winning. He's definitely winning. Like I was like, they're gonna go Michaels '96 and '97 here on this one, '95 and '96. And I, I'm not. It was just a feeling, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes when you have that inkling, you're like, if I was a betting man online, I'd probably throw a tenner on this now because obviously the bookies' favorite was Daniel Bryan, and 
that's the kind of narrative that most people had set for themselves. But I just kind of went, I don't know, this edge thing might might have wheels. Um, now the, the closer and and that was just more like as soon as I saw Daniel Bryan go out, I was like, it's edge or. In fairness, when, when Orton went back, I was like, it could be Orton. That was the only time I went, right, Orton's going to come in like a fucking slime ball Steve Austin in 97 when he threw Brett over. Remember when he was eliminated, he threw Brett and they were like, what the fuck? I was like, that's exactly what's going to happen now. So initially I was like, it's edge. So I'll be honest with you. I have to tell the, the truth. As soon as I saw Orton standing behind, I was like, that's it. And I'm not going to lie, you guys know, I love Edge, but Orton, Orton is very, very close. When Orton retires, that uh, that uh, next week's show that we have on our Mount Rushmore will likely be subject to change um, when Orton goes. And, you know, it was even hard to keep him out now, but because Orton's got another couple of title runs in him anyway, let's, let's be real. Um But I think you, you see where I'm coming from, don't you? Because it was just so, you were like, he's gone back. He's not out of this match because technically he hasn't. Because you're thinking with, with the brain, it's like you said, Noel. The way the way they the way this business works is they try to swerve you because they want to work the fans in a good way, because that's what you want to be. And it's a little detail. If <clears throat> if a star had actually physically hurt themselves and weren't able to continue, obviously it would have been mentioned, okay. Randy Rhodes has pulled himself out of the Royal Rumble officially. There's no official announcement about it. They were just kind of going, well, you know, Orton's technically not out, but uh, he's in no way a shape, you know, he's no, in no no shape to compete. And I'd say a lot of people probably did buy that, and that's good. But you were like, listen, this storyline with Edge and Orton, what more can Edge do to this man? He's going to come and screw him for his fucking title opportunity. But then... It was just, and it was done so quick, wasn't it? I did. I liked the way there wasn't a big long um, exchange between the two. It was just literally no slip, reverse, boom, you're out. And lads, we talk about psychology, Noel. You talked about it earlier. Orton's face when he's sitting on the outside, it was like a look of shock, disappointment, and then kind of like, you son of a gun. Yeah, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what just happened? And yeah. like all those emotions within one face, it was like. But he also had that look of like, "You son of a bitch, you got me!" Almost like he was kind of clapping him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Orton's probably the only person, one of the only people that can do that with his, you know, with his with his look. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, he, I mean, he also called him Randy Rhodes. You called him Randy Rhodes at one stage as well there during your talk. Randy Rhodes? <laughs> Are you sure? Did you notice that, Noel? did you? I didn't, know because I wouldn't point out any faults of the host. I'm a professional podcaster. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, he's, 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 but let's call him Randy Rhodes. He's the best of both worlds. Um <laughs> I, I think people are going to um, listen to this now and go go home Joe you're drunk when they listen back to this <laughs> I tell, I'm I, telling you you called him you called him Randy Rhodes at one stage I, I tell you what I did love I loved the whole Christian thing I, I thought it sat really yeah. well and I thought it was a Me really too. nice you know when those really nice nostalgia moments did you lads have a feeling that that would happen did you yeah, I, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely, I definitely thought him. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like these, these guys. When you talk about lads being brothers on the road, 
these guys really are brothers, you know what I mean? Dude, Edge or Christian needs to come back for, for like a little bit of a run. I mean, did you the shape he was in as well? Good lord, that lad looked brilliant. Between the two of them, they just and you know what? If ever you're gonna get a grown man to gonna have a little bit of a tear of of like that was the moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I got I got I got very emotional, so I did that. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know, but uh, like you know, I'm a big Christian fan anyway. Like so, when I saw him come out, and then and then the two lads, like just the way Edge was looking at him. And Niles like, off already. Look, I just just yeah. Niles, yeah, Niles going. See, we bring all the emotions here yeah. on on the four yeah. pod men. Now, Noel, you better stop sooner. You'll get me going as the host, and we don't know that. We, I, I, I have a persona to keep up here. You know, you know, if, if I was booking it now, you know what I mean? I mean, if Christian doesn't have the intention, you know, to come back maybe for a shorter run, yeah, you know, I'd book those two guys on a program where, you know, they go into a career match at Mania and the two boys main event Mania and a career match or something like that. And and maybe maybe Edge is the man to, to retire them, you know, that kind no, of No, do you know what I'd have eventually when the time is right? Fucking double count out, baby. Swear of everyone. And they both retire together. Yeah. In the ring, the way they started, wouldn't that be magical? Yeah, give me the fucking pencil for that one, Vince. Give me the pencil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you could have Rhino I, come out and the pair of them. Like, I thought Rhino, he's gone. Because you know, do you know oh, something. They trained them used to tour together. Yeah. I know, but I really am. Um, I I really like Christian as well as a heel. You know when he's doing all that oh. goofy heel stuff. I I love that stuff. That's that's comedy goal to me. You know what I mean? And it's it's. It's you know, because he's playing the heel as well. You're searching for the badness in what he's doing, and you're thinking the guy's just having so much fun. You know what I mean? Christian and uh, Christian and Jericho used to have some really good stuff together too. They always played off each other really well. Um, You know, especially when Christian had a long hair. Like you you can tell that they were they were boys. You know what I mean? But even when even when he was with Tomko, like it was just yeah, golden, yeah, yeah, yeah. golden you know. What I, mean? I mean, that guy. Remember he was getting the sick in the toilet. Remember yeah. he's like, oh, I gotta go. Yeah. Foley's the but, commissioner, but, and they're just like looking at him. <laughs> remember, he, remember, he, remember, he was feuding with Cena, and he was doing the rap battles and yeah, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tomko, give me a beat, and all this kind of thing. I would, funny. I would dare say, Christian is one of the most underrated workers of the last. 20 plus years without a shadow of a doubt the last 30 years I think he is one of the most underrated uh, workers and when he went to TNA and actually got the rub there and, and held that 10 pounds of gold I was just so happy for him you know what I mean yeah. um, did he have a I, bit I, of a did he have a short title run when he came back to WWE as well though? did he get he, the strap he, he did Jay yeah, yeah I thought, and I thought that was uh, you know absolutely tip my hat to WWE and that yeah. because that's a guy who never ever missed dates, uh, never complained. You never heard him in any kind of scandal or news stories or anything like that. Even when Edge was with the whole leader thing, you know, Christian was just one of those guys. He's been married for a long time as well. Family guy, just yeah, the, the, fucking a professional. Super professional. Drink to a, a toast to to, to Christian. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there was some nice uh, returns. We've got a we've got steroid Carlito came back. Yeah, that man's been swallowing the pips on all those apples, hasn't he? Oh, good lord, good <laughs> lord! I was like, whoa, man, give and me I, like a more of some of that, and then we'll see something. And I tell you, and I tell you, I wasn't too upset at all. And and you know, I heard as me well. Neither. I heard the I seen pictures posted as well that our boy Chris Masters was backstage as well. 
Hey, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. don't don't be surprised. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been in the I've been in the master lock as you know, Noel. Yeah, backstage uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't fun. No, great great guy, um, Chris yeah. Masters as well. Yeah. Um, he's legit a, a superhero. Do you remember he saved the? Uh, was it his man? When when her house was on fire or something, he pulled like literally he had fucking superhero strength. He yeah, he, he was, lifted something like it fucking pushed over a tree or something like that. Something mental. Yeah. He ran into the house and saved her, didn't he? He was yeah. driving home and the house was on fire and he didn't realise it was his mum's yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and the firemen were all around it and all and he just basically kicked the door and went in. And got that was in. it. Yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible. And and such a sound guy. Like Really nice. I, I've had a lot of interaction with Chris yeah. Masters and he's just he's just a hell of a dude. Probably. And you know something? I kind of liked the goofiness of the two of them in a tag team as well, you know? Yeah, I think it was great, man. I, I, I was always a big fan of Carlito. I think he had... Uh, yeah. He definitely had a had his place in it, and I mean, I think yeah. WWE'd be mad not to bring those two guys back anyway. I mean, I yeah. think. Well, I think I think I think Carlito's done. They brought him in, I think, for three weeks to see how it goes. But I think they've actually offered him a contract, from what I heard. Awesome. So that so I'm really happy about awesome. that. You know? Yeah, I mean, me he, too. He looked the business. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the two of them back because, as I say, Chris Masters is a very very underrated worker too, especially for a big man like he he, he could yeah. go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was a great rumble. I think. Um, some of the things that, like, is there anything, Joe, uh, that, that stood out to you within the men's rumble that you wanted to point out? Like, uh, other, well, other, I, than, I other than all of us crying on, on, on the return oh, of Christian. <laughs> serious emotion. Uh, oh, yeah. But um, I thought the interaction with uh, when Riddle and Daniel Bryan went at it on the mat, I thought it looked sloppy, to be honest. I thought they tried to do it. I thought they tried to move too quick. Whereas if they just slowed it, they just slowed it down a, a, a small bit. That those uh, transitions would have looked a lot smoother. I thought they tried to rush through them too quickly. Yeah. And they looked to me like I thought they looked a bit sloppy. Now to be honest, and the, and the two of them are phenomenal in what they do. And I was, uh, I just thought if they slowed it down just a fraction, they would have it would have looked an awful. Riddle better. Riddle's not a very light guy, isn't he? Not like it's it's it must be something he does. I mean, obviously we heard about him. Um, Kind of making gestures at one of our own as well, Becky Lynch, talking about their asses and all. Like this is a lad who was lucky to keep his job after the last fucking uh, round of accusations during the whole speaking out thing. So I kind of like Riddle, and I'm kind of going, Jesus, is you know, I don't like speaking on accusations or anything like that because that's not my fucking place, and it's not it's not anything that we do here on Dynamo Podcast Network. We're dealing facts if we're going to talk about it. We're not we're not that kind of. Um, clickbait news but I mean I'm just just kind of noticing a lot of um just noticing, noticing a little bit a little bit of patterns around Matt Riddle obviously he had beef with Goldberg and um, he had beef then with, with Lesnar too um well I know. think I think a lot of that was self-generated wasn't it because he yeah. was chasing the he was chasing the booking or chasing the storyline or the match really by trying to generate realism in a you know from that point of view you know what I mean but I, I think what I'm is that that whole kind of bro thing and stuff like that I think it appeals to a certain ilk within the fan base yeah. but it, it's not that kind of stuff that transcends the whole fan base if no, you know. no. Um, and that's I, I just find when I'm at times like like there's no doubt about it the guy is talented he's oh, in shape and looks the part has a great look um, you know some people would say he'd make a great edge head just putting it out there for mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, Rollins, Rollins kind of come down. I kind of appreciated Rollins. Obviously, 
he kind of made it look like he uh, had a problem with him slagging his wife. And in fairness, I've no problem with that because we, uh, yeah. we Becky's a good friend of all of ours. Um, so it was a. Uh, I'm sure there was a bit of work there, but there was a couple of stiff shots from Rollins too, wasn't there on the, yeah, on the mat like and uh, Rollins. You know, I know, I know. Uh, Riddle's an MMA guy, but you know when you, when you kind of make make. I don't know, make ridiculous comments like that about some, a man's wife who's just literally had his had his child as well. They're messing with dangerous territory there, I think. Um, so what? ten out of ten for Rollins, by the way. And I thought he looked great when he when he came in as well. I thought that would have been a great opportunity for to, to drop the Monday Night Messiah thing though. Um, possibly. I don't know what you guys think on that and where they're gonna go with that, but I think there's a lot more to Rollins that he can do. I do agree he works best as a heel. Um, I do think, you know, remember remember early on, his promos could ramble on a little bit, through a little bit too, because he's kind of a one-tone guy. He's yeah. a really good promo, but he's a bit of a one-tone guy. So I think when, you're, when you've got that, where you're constantly speaking like that, and you don't yeah. kind of drop them and drop, you know, yeah. um, drop the... Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, the quick fucking to the point promos are best for people like that because they can deliver it more impactful I think but uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rollins as you know and I think um, I think he can only fucking can only get better as well um, but it was good to see him back um, well back but it was good to see him in the rumble what what is what is what is your feelings on Daniel Bryan? I'm a huge Daniel I was a huge Daniel Bryan fan and I loved him in Ring of Honor and you know I loved him when he was he was down in developmental and I loved him when he came up onto the rest and stuff like that. But the, the more I look at it now at the moment, and I don't want to do the man a disservice. He's I don't start, like his hair anyway. Can but I say that? Has 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 the ship sailed in terms of the top echelon? Oh and yeah. Hasn't that? Here's yeah. that's a, that's a question for you. So I don't know, but yeah, I'm just you know, I wouldn't have been very comfortable with Daniel Bryan being in the main event at WrestleMania again. No. It just wouldn't sit right with me. No. I just don't think it's because do you know what? It wouldn't be organic. And Joe, you feel free to chime in on this. When 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 did Daniel Bryan 316 thing happen? That was following on from CM Punk. And people needed a CM Punk because they wanted CM Punk, if you get me. So Daniel Bryan was the people like you were a person of the people. Yeah, exactly. He was the next kind of underdog who'd come from that ring of honor style and come from the indies, you know, wrestling and fucking, you know, school halls and all that stuff. So he was like people were pissed at CM Punk, so people kind of and CM Punk had kind of championed Daniel Bryan as well, didn't he? On 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 the podcasts and all that, and yeah, especially the Colcabana one. And I think he got a little bit of the rub from that. And I mean, my God, when you saw him at the top of that cage that time, and he was like, "Yes, yes," with the whole way thing. I mean, that was that was as big a pop you got since Punk and Austin, even. So I think Noel liked the Rey Mysterio thing as well. I think a lot of these guys, the smaller guys. They get their run at the top like that, and then they go because, like, not everyone can be CM Punk. CM Punk is the type of guy we talked about him last week, where he's got a million different gimmicks, but he's still the same same guy, which is really hard to do. You know, it's not like CM Punk is now going to be like we talked about the Monday Night Messiah that had kind of been done with Punk with like shaving the head and basically getting them all to be in his little cult, but it was still CM Punk. 
Yeah. You know, like it's not a different character. It's well, his, the his, same his, man. His brand was on it. It was the Straight Edge Society. Absolutely. So was, you know, it was just the, the extension of his brand, really. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think with Daniel Bryan, yeah, I think he's had his run. And plus, this whole fresh fucking hipster haircut look for him and all, I don't think works for him. Daniel Bryan was that young fucking hobbit looking fella, you know, messy, big beard. That's what really got people, even with the shaving head, I don't think it worked for him when he came back. You know what I mean? I think that was his look. That was his kind of a, that was his appeal. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still a major, major mark for, for Daniel Bryan. I just think his run at the uh, tippy, tippy top, I can't really see how you would justify Daniel Bryan beating someone like a, like a, a Drew McIntyre at this moment or beating, uh, you know, even a Roman Reigns at this moment. Um, I would dare say I'd make an argument that like Finn Balor all round is probably hotter than him at the moment as well. Still, do you know what I mean? Even if you were to put him up to the main event, main event tomorrow, I think he would have more stock and more um, believability if that were the case. Um, and I know I'm biased in that sense, but I'm sure what I'm saying will make sense to people in what I'm talking about because He's obviously had the title for so long and it's been such a good run against different types of opponents. I think, I just think, I'm glad to see Daniel Bryan back fulfill his dream of returning and he gets to leave on his own terms. That's really what I think Daniel Bryan is all about. I don't think he cares about that either. He gets to leave on his own terms and basically get that whole thing that sometimes we as wrestlers don't get to have. It's that we don't get to fucking leave the way we wanted to leave, you know what I mean? And especially at that top level, you can only imagine it's probably worse. Yeah. Even though they have all the money in the world, yeah. it's it's in here where, where the battle yeah. is, you know. Yeah, there's a way. There's a way they want to go out. They plan their way out, and that's the right. way they want to go out. And if that's halted in any way, and you don't get the opportunity to go back and correct it, yeah, it, it'll sit with you till the day you die. As it rocks the apple cart, man. It rocks yeah. the apple cart. You know yeah. what I mean? It it, it 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 and Joe, you know where I'm coming from in that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, because I was gonna say, I was gonna say that you look at the likes of Flair and Funk doing it in their sixties, like still. You know what I mean? And 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 others like that just keep going because, as you said, it's in their head. They just. Love it like they retire once and then they're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I quite got that retirement right, or I don't think that's what they think. I think they just love the buzz of the whole thing. Yeah. So they just keep going back for more and more of it. It's like Taker, it's like, isn't you know, it? You can, it's like so you can imagine some, yeah. So you can imagine someone like Daniel Bryan who was cut off at the knees in his prime. You know what I mean? That, 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 uh, you know, that he was just like pining to get back to do a bit. You know, it must have, it must have been. It must have been mental torture for the lad to try and fight to get back, and he fought like hell to get back. Oh, and, you know, you you can't but be delighted for the man that he yeah. did make it back, you know. And as you said, maybe like his time at the, as you said, at the tippy top might be over, but he's enjoying every last minute he has. Well, he's still he is still at the tippy top. He's in WWE, but I mean, I suppose we mean in the, at the main event level, yeah. Well, look, I suppose in wrapping up the Royal Rumble, um. Obviously, Edge wins. Um, amazing to see. I mean, you talk about a success story coming back after nine years out when no chance in hell he's ever coming back. Um, and, and now here he is again after, you know, another setback after coming last year. But not as serious this one in terms of career ending, but like a very nasty injury, obviously. Um, he comes back and he's going to WrestleMania and it's been really kind of nice. I think um, Edge going down and giving the rub to... Um, well, I think, you know, 
Pete Dunne definitely getting the rub in the sense that he he's kind of going against Balor, which is something I've always kind of been looking forward to see. To be fair, um, no, the, then, the, just the, just the one thing I the only one thing I didn't like I don't know if either of you's picked up on it was your man Almos. I, I didn't like him involved in the match the way he was. I liked the idea of him going down there and he's saving AJ Styles and stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't I didn't like the way he eliminated Ray and I didn't like the way he eliminated, you know, Big E. I, I thought it was kind of out of place and not the kind of thing that fits in a Rumble match. It'd be more the kind of thing that fits in, um, I don't know, maybe like a Battle Royal or, a, you know, some sort of a tag gimmick match or something like that. But I, I just thought he was... Um, he was getting himself in there more than AJ Styles, if you like. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting himself. He was getting him over rather than Styles. Yeah, I agree that, with that. that that's yeah. that's the only thing that didn't appeal to me, really. You know what I mean? I just, I how just, fucking big is that guy? How how like how actually tall is he? He's a monster. Good lord, his head nearly comes over the top rope. Like I was like, I, I mean, on a show where we're going to be talking about big men, and I mean, I don't know. Did you catch that picture the other day of those? Two lads that were pictured with Triple H too. Indian yeah, wrestlers. Yeah, the Indian guys. Good lord! Those they're literally guys. they're they're the the bottom of their chest, not even their nipple. The bottom of their chest is at Triple H's head. And Triple H legit is probably about yeah. six two as well. Did you catch so, that picture, Joe? Uh, I did see a picture like that. Yeah, they made yeah. Triple H look like Rey Mysterio. It was unbelievable. Like these guys were like. You know, they were bigger than Great Cali and like in much better shape. You know what I mean? And they looked like obviously that they could, they looked like they had a bit about them. You know what I mean? But See, they were ginormous. When you're the likes of, when you're the likes of India and China, the amount of fucking babies that are getting squirted out of vaginas over there, they're about, there, there has to be some sort of specimens. I tell you, there's definitely some sort of a money going on here. <laughs> And a conveyor belt somewhere where they're like, make me a monster. You know what I mean? It's it, it's crazy. So that'd be very interesting to see. Like in a in a world where we say, oh, the body doesn't matter anymore, and <laughs> you're kind of going. I think Vince in his old age is kind of going. Ah, before I die, I want to see some more big men. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Before Hunter basically takes over and goes like, hey guys, you know, I got a I got a job offer for you, but it's not here. The NBA called. <laughs> they want you. <laughs> You know, it's it's like, but um, no, I think it'd be interesting to see where Edge goes. I mean, as soon as I saw him down in NXT talking to Balor, like saying, like, you you do things I can't, you know, that I can't remember exactly what he says. I was getting a bit of excited. I kind of marked out. I became a fan again for a while, which was nice. And I was kind of going, ah, there's my boy getting yeah. fucking in with Edge. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Really cool. And I mean, Man, imagine that as a main. Like, imagine that. You know, Edge went for that one. Like, I mean, it would, it would just like, it's something different. I like the idea. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I like the idea. Um, I mean, imagine seeing Finn Balor and Edge at WrestleMania. I mean, that's that has potential to be a fucking ten star match. You know? I, I like this quote as well. He said that if there's if there's a title run or if there's a, a title in the picture in this run, he's happy to come back working full time. Which I thought was a brilliant quote. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it's like they're dangling the carrot there to say, "This can go again, no problem at all." If if you're committed to doing it full time and you want I to love be back, it. I and love I just it, I just thought I just thought it was a great quote. Like, you know? Oh yeah, I think I think so because I do think I know people are saying, "Oh, keep Balor where he is. He's happy there." Blah blah blah. Listen, I think Balor, you know, he is human at the end of the day, and like like all big workers, he's gonna have it in his head that he wants to 
eventually get back to that main roster one day for one one big run up there, uh, you know, with the big belt. Make no mistake about it. I mean, it, it, he has a lot of unfinished business up there. Ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean you you know, know, he, he held on to that. Yeah, he had that title for less than 24 hours. Exactly. You know like, what of, I mean? co- of course. Look, he know, uh, and, and definitely that can happen as well. I mean, like I said, the man is on fire down there. Fire. Like, I mean, you know, people still talk about Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. No, it's any day of the week. I'll, I'll take Finn Balor. Thank you very much. And that's not just a bias. That's that's if I didn't know the man and I was watching the work, I would still take that. I mean, he knows when to slow down. He knows when to fucking speed up. Different, different, uh, different animal altogether. And um, without a shadow of a doubt, easily pound for pound, I would say probably pound for pound in the ring. I would say probably the best in the game at the moment aside from Cody or at least up there um, the, so. yeah, the, the NXT format just lends itself to those those really good wrestlers yeah just, yeah yeah just the, mean, the way the matches are booked and they're set up and yeah. stuff like that you know when you hear when you hear Jim Cornette come out and say yeah. like Jim Cornette of all people and say Finn Balor is like doing my kid without the bullshit I mean t- t- you know to my ears anyway like that's like the ultimate compliment you know what I mean and, and the perfect summary absolutely 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 so what we'll do is we'll take a little pause for the cause to steal a a, a pun from a fellow podcaster the one and only stone Cold steve austin we'll uh, we'll take a little break and when we come back we are going to talk about the big man business because like we said there there's a lot of big men coming back into the fold here and two of them have the title at the moment but we're going to be talking about big big men when we come back and by the way when we do come back you won't even notice it because we don't have ads here on Dynamo's Podcast Network. So, welcome back to the Four Pod Men, where we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about big man business. And uh, when we think of big men, we think of some guys that are probably six foot two and weigh five, six hundred pounds. We think of guys that are six foot ten plus. It doesn't always necessarily mean that because in, in different genres and at different times in wrestling history, you know, for example, a six foot five bruiser Brody was a big man, you know. Um, so I think it's a pretty cool thing to talk about. And we're doing it off the back of the Yokozuna documentary. We're not going to necessarily speak about the documentary itself, but um, it was something that brought us to brought it to light that Noel had kind of pointed out. And uh, it was something that we had kind of threatened to talk about for a while. So, guys, when I think of big men, I think of, I'll just name three guys that I think of off the bat. You know, I think of Vader, you know, I think of, um, I think of Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, and I most definitely think of Andre the Giant. You know, they're the three for me that I go, they're kind of names, like in terms of really big men, like 400 pounders plus or 300 50 pounders plus they're generally over 400 pounds these boys you know um what about you guys uh, i'm the exact same the first three names i've down bam bam bigelow vader andre ah. the exact same the <laughs> exact same three um vader and bam bam you know straight away like two massive massive men but the way they could move was ridiculous like the two of them used to do moonsaults Oh. And really, really good moonsaults. Yeah. Like not, yeah. you know, now I this isn't this isn't a disparage leader or anything like that. But her one always looked like she was about to spike her head on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, where, you know, these lads actually 
got got good air and got good clearance and smashed it like and safe uh, as houses yeah. as well. Yeah, I was only no, actually was watching. I'm not trying to disparage Lita. Around. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, just, I'm not trying to disparage Lita. She always nailed it perfect. You know what I mean? But it just. It always looked pretty close to me that she was going to spike herself and do some damage. Uh, never to her opponent. It was to herself that it looked like she was going to do damage. But those two lads were unreal. And if you look at um, Andre in his early years in Japan, good God, that man could shift. Drop. Now, I know. I know. He's everything. Yeah, when like when you know when you, when the WrestleManias hit TV and stuff like that, and you know, a lot, that's where a lot of people would know Andre from. Like, and when he was actually he was actually coming towards the end of his. His um, his days in the ring because he just he was so he was so sore and so injured at that stage. But if you can find old videos of him on it on YouTube, Jesus Christ, like the way he moved and flew about. Well, not not that he, he didn't fly about the place, but just the way. He moved. But there was a reason that they called him yeah. Boss because if that man wanted to hurt you back in those days, he could actually move to hurt you. Do you know what I mean? Um, I should like you hear you hear lots of stories of lads being terrified of. Ah. You know, like Savage. Savage was one of them. Savage was terrified of. Him. Because he didn't like Savage, you know what I mean? Like if he didn't like a fella, those lads just avoided him, like the play. It was very weird. He had a, so massive. He had a weird group, didn't he? Like you know, he loved all the kind of the Calgary boys. He loved all the guys that would kind of spend time with him playing, you know, poker or drinking beer with him, and just a very like joined Haystacks was terrified of him. You know, um, didn't take to him at all, and he always had that nostalgia. You know, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know whether Ultimate Warrior was terrified of him, but he, but he should have been. And I think he probably was by the end of it because like, he pulled the fucking chunks of hair out of him after a while. It was like, slow down. <laughs> um, what about you, Noel? Yeah, as you, mentioned, as you mentioned there, Vader. Like, but the other night I was watching NWA and I was watching Bam Bam was on, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, like, just to see him do even a standing dropkick. Yes, yeah. for a man of his size to be able to leap and do a standing drop kick, I thought was outstanding. Now, when when we decided to do this, I went back and I looked at some really old stuff. Um, and I know you mentioned Andre as well. I think Andre got on with those guys, and you were alluding to it as well. But I think he was always very appreciative as well of the bookings he got in the territories as well, and he was well looked after. And I think that's where you know Calgary would have been a good base for him there. He was always looked after up there. Yeah, because you, you know, know you knew you knew Steele and Helen would yeah. kind of go. You, yeah, you're our guest, like whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the, the one thing about Andre as well is I think Andre, you know, everyone talks about Hogan and how it transcends the business and stuff like that. But Andre was a real superstar and transcended the business even before Hogan. When you think about it, because he was. He was, you know, he was so recognisable, you know, between the hair and the size and everything else and all, you know, mate. So he he was one of those sort of superstars before things went into entertainment and stuff like that and all, you know. Um, one guy I wanted to mention, um, I don't know whether he came up in any of your things and stuff like that. Um, I went back a bit and I had a look at a couple of old matches. Ernie Ladd, the big cat, um, for me, was massive, you know what I mean? It, like a AFL background. You know, had super feuds with Bruno, Andre, Backlund, Morales, all these guys. Was a very, very good worker. And what most people wouldn't realise, he was the man who uh, enshrined the countdown loss. Yeah. When you go back and you look at him, stuff, he made that really cool. Also a Hall of Famer and stuff like that as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just think in terms and, of and big way, men. One of the greatest talking voices. Yeah. 
but uh, just a real good, a real good solid worker for a huge man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I suppose we should bring up Kevin Nash, um, as one of the big men as well. I know, and you you wanted this man included. What I would say, multiple time champion. You know, involved obviously in the Click, and obviously one of the biggest factions ever in the business, the NWO, was a WWE champion. I would say, apart from all that, was forgettable as Diesel, you know, was a disastrous booker. I would say he ruined Goldberg's run. And for me, in terms of being a politician, the one thing I can't forgive him for was ruining that whole summer of punk. Yeah. And that, for me, was really like, that, that was that was the living end, really, when 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 I looked at that, you know what I mean? So that's that would be my quick summary there of Kevin Nash, again, another big man in the business, but just... You know, so much stuff that's forgettable that the other stuff really isn't that. Very, awesome. very, very toxic to the wrestling business as a whole. Like, you know, yeah. fair enough. Uh, Kevin Nash was in business for himself. And yeah, he got his money out of it. But he was very, very toxic to locker rooms and, you know, always starting fights between the, the guys that were lower than him as he looked. Because he was the type, him and him and his little um, butt buddy, Scott Hall, like they, they looked at themselves as like, we're status guys. They're the lower guys, you know, yeah. and... Uh, Scott Hall can come out and be like, hey, I killed a guy in self-defense one time. But I mean, when it was put up to him many times from some of the smaller lads, they shut the fuck up. Yeah. Kevin Nash likes to tell how, you know, the story of Piper basically getting the better of him wasn't, didn't happen. I'm telling you here now, Piper took that lad down by those skinny little legs of his. Because let's be honest, you know, Kevin Nash is an upper body guy. Piper would have fucking drilled him. You know what I mean? There's no no doubt about it. Like, um, yeah. You know, he's still making stupid jibes at the likes of Brett and people like that as well, just to stay kind of relevant. And, yeah. and look, I like the idea of Kevin Nash. I was a fan back in the day. I did like him in NWO and all, and he definitely had his place. He served his purpose. I don't want it just to be a complete rip on him. But when you look back at the bigger picture, people like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were kind of actually toxic, you know, because, you know, we, we like to have a running, a running jibe about, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the click. Triple H and Shawn Michaels actually contributed something to the wrestling business, and they both still are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I would never throw someone like uh, Scott Hall under the bus because of his alcohol problems and all. Look, that can happen to anybody. Do you know what I mean? That's that's not um that's not really uh, that's not a route I would like to go down ever. You know, but but for a guy, you know that that got his surgery paid for by fans. You know, to treat some of the fans, we know we have a mutual friend, Ted who was obviously part of the Dynamo Podcast Network with Retrotainment, who he was basically a dick to. Like, and Ted's like fucking 5'7". <laughs> you know what I mean? you got this big guy after getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, and he still has to be a dick when the cameras are off. So some of these are just not nice people. You know what I mean? And I think Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall are, are two of those people, and they try and come across as nice people. I think Kevin Nash doesn't try to hide it, though, too much, does he? He's just, he's just basically, yeah. You can tell he's not interested. He's there for the payday, and that's it. But I think you're right. I, so, I suppose the only positive thing about him is he makes it very clear to you that he's there for the payday. You know, well, he doesn't hide it. Well, that's, that's what I, I appreciate that. Whereas I think yeah. the likes of Hall, who you could consider a big man, considering he was like six seven as well, and he was a big boy back in the day. Like he's yeah. just he's more he's more of a slime. You know what I mean? He's more of a slime ball in that sense. Um, but uh, yeah, so no punches pulled on my end here on that one. Um, I, I, I actually had Kevin Nash down on both lists as good and bad. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. I had him down as a decent big man, but then I was thinking of lads that weren't great big men. And I was there, he has to be one of them as well. Like he's sure he did he did, you know, as Niall alluded to, multiple time world champion. You know, and yeah, uh, on paper, on paper, definitely and, like yeah, and, then yeah. and then as you said with the NW, you know, found him, you know, was there with the outsiders and then the NWO. You know, he, he had a massive impact on the business, you know. And um so and then you know, Lucas, as you said, his ability in the ring wasn't fantastic. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, as you said, out, out for himself, you know, to make a few quick and definitely and definitely didn't love the business. Him. Definitely didn't love the business, you know what I mean? Like you you know, you see the difference with Scott Hall, and, and I mean, I think Scott Hall, like he had potential to be a great wrestler. Like that's the difference. Scott Hall could work and had some great matches. Um, whereas I think with Nash, you know, there's a difference. Like Nash was kind of one of those gonna guys that he was around the click probably to because he obviously positioned himself with these guys. You know what I mean? He was brought in by um by these guys by Michaels or whatever, and when you look at what the contributions are to the wrestling business from Triple H and Shawn Michaels, there's no, there's no, like, they actually care about the business. So much so that they didn't want them around when they came back during the summer of Punk and all as well. Because think about it, if they were really respected by their two best friends, they'd keep them around in the job backstage somewhere, right? I mean, that's the... Because well, I that, know well that that alludes to your whole comment on the toxic side of things. You know, exactly, right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Look, I run a we, me and Noel, right? We run a podcast network here. What was the first thing I tried to do was to get all my friends involved and see if it works, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's no toxicity in our network, yeah. thankfully. But if I thought mm, he's a really good friend of mine, but I think he probably brings some problems here, so we'll park that one. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what you've got with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Um, I think Scott Hall's biggest demon is himself, um, and and like I say, you don't really hear many people talk positively about Scott Hall other than Diamond Dallas Page. You know what I mean? But I mean, I think Diamond Dallas Page probably speaks positively about everybody. So that's a different story. But uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents on um, on what I think of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash from what I hear as human beings, but. It's not like I'm just basing it off some sort of article. You're basing it off people's experiences with them, you know. Yeah, another, sorry, just to move, I assume we can move on. Yeah, right along, my just friend. Another, another big man I put down, and mainly because he made me shit my fucking nappies when I was a kid, um, King Kong Bundy and that five count. Yeah, King Kong Bundy, definitely. Good good shout, yeah. I mean. Jesus Christ. But it was the, the five count. He had guys beaten so badly that he'd make the ref count to five. Like just yeah. terrifying. Very, and very massive, good massive, massive man. Yeah. <laughs> kind of we we spoke about this on a previous episode, didn't we? When we were looking at the WrestleManias. He he was a man who peaked at WrestleMania two and then like WrestleMania three was just shambles and then just kind of disappeared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like like to, to be in that main event with Hogan in that cage match and the, you know the enormity of it if you like yeah and then the following year to be in a like against hillbilly jim in a match with um, some small people let's say <laughs> like the number that he did on them and then i don't remember a whole lot after that like, well just... he done he done he done territory stuff with the likes of uswa and all that as well i know that yeah. off the top of my head but then then the only thing i think of note was when he came back in 1995 with million dollar man during the million dollar man stable yeah. of the Conquer. 
um, himself, and I think he had a couple of other people as well. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, definitely kind of not utilized. I don't think in in, in the right way at all. Like, um, what about? Uh, well, initially, well, no, no, he was utilized. Uh, no, uh, after that, that Hogan, about. Yeah, yeah, no, so that after. Hogan rivalry was perfect when he used to put that big hand on the chest and hold the ha- hold the hand up with the five count. Like, that well, was could, that was. But I mean, if we, we, we have Silent J tonight, so, you know, we're okay on this. Um, but I mean, we can say Hogan buried these lads all we want. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think it's, it's also down to the booker, like, you know what I mean? I mean, for every, for every bad story you hear about Hulk Hogan, you have the likes of Honky Tonk Man who pulls no punches on anybody. That says, no, without Hogan, we were nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, Honky would always reflect that, like, you know, the one thing he missed out on was he, he wanted that run with Hogan because that was gold, that was the money, he was the promised land, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Honky always speaks highly of him in terms of, you know, the, what the payoff was if you got into that situation. But even you know, even guys like Jim Duggan, who are very, very honest people, yeah. um, Jimmy Hart, you know, all these people, like, and plenty of wrestlers, like, I mean, I know Jesse was a bit pissed off at Hogan because of the whole union thing, but that's a different story because that's, that's basically saying, right, I'm not letting someone shit where I eat. Like, you know, this is this is this is my game. And at the end of the day, even if it wasn't unionized back then, I mean, they were all still getting good money. It was up to the individual to save or not. Like, you know what I mean? Um, plenty of guys did save, plenty of guys didn't, but at the end of the day, the onus was on you to do that. Um, I mean, we can say that we didn't have enough education on steroids uh, and recreational drugs back in the day, but we can't turn around and say that there wasn't enough education on how to save your money. You know, that's a there, given. That's, there, was, that's, there was enough education floating around on common sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, So, I mean, yeah. to, to blame Hogan on all this shit, nah, sorry, you'll tap out on that one. Um, Hogan basically gave everyone their fair share and Hogan made sure that everybody got paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Um, and and speaking of big men, I mean Hogan does fit into that category. I mean at that time he was billed at six foot nine, legit he was about six seven like before he got the because he did basically drop two or three inches, didn't he? Because of the surgeries he had in his back. Yeah, yeah he mentions it in his, his interviews. Well, I mean you see it when he's standing at WrestleMania three. With yeah. I mean, if that was the case, you're talking about Hogan being the best big man of all time. Sure, I mean, I, I mean. I, I suppose in terms of what encompasses the whole business um, and what you bring to the whole yeah. business, most definitely. Um, but again, I would say, you know, I mean, Hogan was in phenomenal shape at the time and stuff like that. So, And and, and the, the, the flip side of that as well is you have guys like Vader and Bam Bam and lads like that who could do phenomenal things in the ring, you know what I mean, for their size. And yeah. then the flip side of that is Hogan, who was in phenomenal shape, who did so little and like sold himself on psychology. Now, not talking about his Japan career, where he was unbelievable. But in terms of his, his WWE career, you know, like Jay always alludes with that, like he had four or five moves, and that's what he lived on for 20 odd years. But that's the cleverness of the man as well. That's you know the, I mean? so, listen, yeah. what people forget, like the surgeries that that man has had, he has put in his time. Yeah. I mean, I was, right. I was, sorry. No, go ahead, Joe, if you want to go sorry. ahead. On I, was, I was just going to say, like, I was just going to say, like, the man might have only had a handful of moves, still put his body through an awful lot of shit. Like, Dude, know, it doesn't that's matter, a, like, that leg drop, I mean, that's, I've always said, and Harley Race said, the worst fucking move was that diving headbutt, and we all know that because I did it. 
and it is like extremely bad on the back and I still think that's what really killed Dynamite Kid and I don't mean literally but I think that's what put him in a wheelchair it's it's one of those things because you're you're not not everyone pancakes you you are dropping first and you're taking the front bump but then the legs are following so you're literally arching like this do you know what I mean so there's the legs there's the there's the head and the legs are following so your body is bent and then it's like the impact of that but that leg drop good fucking lord I mean we used to look at a shout out to a fellow Irish wrestler Phil the trail boy that used to do that leg drop off the top rope my god I used to see that I'd be like Phil what the fuck yeah. I never said it to him, but I was like, I was always just like in awe of the going, You crazy son of a bitch. Well, you see, but, back back then we didn't understand. The song went when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. We didn't realize. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't say the, the song was telling us. The song <laughs> told us the story. The song was telling us, yeah. but it's uh it's one of those things though. Yeah, Hulk Hogan is an absolute, you know, uh, icon in this business and whatever about. No, we talked about Kevin Nash. Yes, he has his good and his bad points, but I think the difference with Hulk Hogan is he genuinely loved the business. Yes, he was out for himself, but he did love the wrestling business, and you can see that in him. I think when you, you know, I put Goldberg and Kevin Nash in that category there where they're like, right, their dreams was to be a footballer and a basketball player. But ah, pro wrestling worked because they were big members. Hogan wanted to be a wrestler. He looked at wrestlers like superstar Billy Graham and went, that's what I want to be. And even Jay, if you can hear me, Jay, in the background there in your panda form, um, even the Ultimate Warrior didn't want to be. Do you know what I mean? Ultimate Warrior fits in that category as well, to be fair, of um, of of basically getting what he could out of the business. And do you know what? I have no problem with that because we've actually, we've established that the Ultimate Warrior wasn't actually a bad guy. Right? You know what I mean? He was he was he wasn't a bad guy at all. Just misunderstood. Definitely misunderstood and probably yeah. read locker rooms differently because he wasn't involved in locker rooms. He wasn't a sports guy. I mean don't forget War- Warrior wasn't someone who came up through all the rankings of being in locker rooms with men. Do you know what I mean? And having that banter and stuff like so of course he was closed off. So I think the Warrior was definitely a guy that's misunderstood. I'd never put him into a category of a bad person. I think quite the opposite and obviously the Bill Anderson uh, podcast which you can catch of course on Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube cheap plug boom um, we'll, we'll tell you that just when you were talking there Ian about you know Hulk, Hulk Hogan being different because he loved the business and compared to these other guys <clears throat> just look at the way the man sold yeah that'll tell you what you love the business just yeah. there right? that he was as you said a giant human being but Christ, when 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 the when one of the heels was beating the piss out of him, you'd swear it was the end of the world. Yeah. The way he's. Do you remember that? Major. Like when he'd be in the corner and the hand would be reaching out, like you know. Yeah, the, and he'd be shaking the, the head and everything. The, you know, like and you know he he get he garnered genuine sympathy. You would swear yeah. that yeah. it was over. Like it was like yeah. Hogan's going to get beaten here. It's it's, it's done. Yeah. And, you know he was he was brilliant at that. And, and as I said, for a giant man to be able to garner sympathy, you know, for getting beaten up. And I suppose, yeah, no, I suppose, and I think we will do a part two on big men where we go into specifics when we have Jay back out of his veil of silence because I know Jay will want to talk about a lot of these guys. So I think it's a good idea for this to kind of be like just a little taster of what we will do, you know, on a future episode, maybe in the next two or three weeks because I do think there's a lot more guys that we can talk about in detail but 
I suppose like if we if we kind of close up with um that's a good who, idea actually. Who 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 did you think was the worst on your list? Who give me a name on your list that was the worst that delivered the least. Well I, well, ha- I have one here that you well, it's, it's, well I mean John Gonzalez has gotta be he's gotta be there. Do you know what I mean? He's gotta yeah. be in that conversation. I mean I, I have an even worse one. We'll go go for on. it. No, no, I'll, I'll listen have, to Joe first. Sorry, well, I, Joe. Have, I have I have John Gonzalez as well. Uh, I have Mabel and I have Yeah, that's Car- a good show. And Kurgan. Kurgan. Oh, Jim. Man, his 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 biceps were bigger than his legs. That's mental. He was a huge man, absolute <laughs> man, but terrible. Like it was useless. Just a yeah. big useless lump. Joe, um, you were Joe. You were so close. You were so close. You were oh. so close with Kurgan. <laughs> who was it? Oh, um, Hernandez. Is it? No, no. Go on. Go on for it. Think about the oddities and go on. Just just expand on it a little bit. I can't think. I can't think of the guy's name. I can see his face. Joint, joint, big... joint silver. Oh, joint silver. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, he was the I, worst I, I, on I my wrote, list. Yeah, because when I wrote down Kurgan, I was like, "Who was that other fellow in the oddities?" Because I was there, I was there. There was Kurgan. I said, "I know um, uh, Golga was in it, but because Kurgan obviously wore Kurgan wore the army pants, right? Like, and then obviously he was there, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I was thinking, I was there. Who was the other guy? I said, "I know Golga was John Tenta, another great big man, to be honest." Um. And, uh, and then, but I couldn't think of the name of the other fella. But as I said, I could see his big gummy smile and his curly head and all like, but I could not think of his name. But he was utterly useless. Him and Kurgan, the pair of them were dark. That's I, what I we watched. Um, go ahead. I watched an old pay per view there um, a while back with some friends of mine. We we did a watch along on Zoom, and it was the oddities. Thanks for the invite. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He said he um, did it with his friends. I know, yeah. Well, then we've established <laughs> that now. Yeah, we've established that now. But um, it was it was the oddities against Kyantai. And, um, you know, you had the whole shtick of the three big lads and the three small lads and all this kind of crap. But every time Golga got into the ring, you could just see there was a complete change because you had an actual wrestler in the ring with wrestlers. And it was, you know, and I was there pretty sure that was John Tent and of course went looked it up and was like ah yeah no wonder the difference because like, the dude could fucking go like but um I also had him down as an, as I said another great uh, another uh, great big man the natural disasters I put them down as a tag tag team and um, I also had like you mentioned um Bruiser Brody earlier like to say he wasn't a big man like you were saying was he on the fence of whether he was a big man well no at that time if, he was a big man it's it's in terms of now in terms of yeah, nail, if, you can would... walk in, if, if, if you can walk into a crowd and make them panic as if Godzilla's stomping around the place, like the videos of him walking through the crowds in Japan, and they are killing themselves to get away from him. Dude, falling over he he there. done that. He done that in like the hardest fucking toughest towns in Texas, and the biggest of fucking beer the bar fighters would just go whoa, swinging that fucking terrible. chain and. Yeah, I mean, that's, I believe, I, I believe, and Noel knows what I'm going to say here. I think Bruiser Brody, for me personally, is definitely top, top of the heap in terms of psychology. And I know, I know people will call me a bit of a hypocrite that he could be unprofessional in the ring and stuff like that, but, but it's because of, it's because he actually did love the business so much. You know what I mean? He would beat the shit out of you until he learned. And whether you chose to learn or not, that was up to you. 
I mean, we saw Undertaker's cool story about his first match with Brody on Joe Rogan. Um, and he said he got the shit kicked down, you know? And he went back and said, look, I'm, thank you for the match. And he's like, fucking slow down, kid. You know what I mean? That's how you learn. Whereas, like, you saw Lex, basically. <laughs> Lex Luger just going, the fuck? He's just left. <laughs> but he, like, in fairness, do you blame Luger for legging it? I know I'd be gone like a bullet. Well, no, it was Brody that left the match. Brody just left no, the match. No, Luger climbed out of the climbed out of the uh, cage and legged it. No, but that wasn't that. That Brody basically left the match, and Luger was baffled as to like what had happened. No, no, uh, Brody wouldn't sell for him, and then Luger legged it. He shit himself and ran. Yeah. Was he that the way it went? He thought the legit. He thought the legit heel turn was coming. <laughs> Luger, no, honey. no. Yeah, he shot. He, like Brody wouldn't sell for him, and then uh, he just legged it. He run, ran, uh, climbed out of the cage, got the hell out of there. And as I said, I don't fucking blame him. I would have been gone like a bullet. Brody, Brody yeah. was brilliant to watch in terms of his facials as well, because he was kind of like he was like that wild Samoan that wasn't Samoan, yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of way. He had that sort of Samoan way about him in terms of his craziness and his face as well, you know. Um. Yeah, Brody so. was brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, another, another, I have another guy that actually made both my lists of good and bad, and uh, it was the Big Show. Because depending on where he was with his weight troubles, he was either brilliant or he was crap. You know, because when he like, the, like you can see that, especially now because he's in such good shape now. You see a lot of the transformation photos with him, and you see how you know, and, and when he was. That overweight, he wasn't much use. He really wasn't. But um, well, when he was in shape, especially when you saw him when he first hit the scene uh, uh, in WCW, like the shape the man was in was unbelievable. And even then, later on, there a couple of a few years ago, when he had that cage match with Braun Strowman, mm. that was bloody brilliant. Like, it really was. And then, as I said, you, you see him other times that when he had when he was having those big weight problems yeah. and he's falling on the weight and he could barely move. I think so I think that's when, why he made I think I him, think yeah. when you look at show um you know when he had those weight problems was times where you know he was having those sort of head the heads were creative and he wasn't happy with the way things are going and all and he obviously took you know he took solace and food and stuff like that that obviously cheered him up or whatever it was and you know probably stress was there as well can put on weight and stuff like that and all but you'll you'll notice those patterns where he gained weight was times when he was disinterested or, or you know not happy with the business, um, but you can see when he, when he, those times when he's really, really good, are the times when he's really, really focused and he really looked the part. He could really go, you know. So he sure wasn't he sent down to OVW at one stage because he put on so much weight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what we'll do, lads, because this is actually an interesting conversation and it needs a show itself. You know what I mean? Because there's so many that we can talk about, and I think definitely there'll be a future episode on Bruiser Brody. I think. I think that has to be because, I mean, that whole incident and how he, how he lost his life and stuff like that has to be, definitely has to be looked at in detail. And, and um, of course, we look at someone like Yokozuna as well and kind of just flawless in the ring, you know, for such a man that couldn't even, you know, maintain his own weight, like, um, to work with someone like Bret Hart, which, I mean, that's what Yokozuna is most known for at this point, right? They were his biggest, uh, his biggest matches, like, and that feud. So, 
think what we'll do is we'll we'll park it there and we'll definitely come back to the big man business because I think it's really cool. And of course, we'll have uh, Jay's veil of silence will be over by the time we come back. And he will have uh, taken uh, human form again from his uh, panda, polar, whatever you want to call it. He'll be he'll be back from parts unknown. He'll be back from parts unknown. He's going to meet the warrior today through mind and spirit. So uh, that's going to be cool. But lads, um, been a pleasure as always. Um, I think it's really cool. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we do have. Um, a really cool episode for you, which um, which will be, of course, the Mount Rushmore episode, where we are going to all speak about our uh, who would be on our Mount Rushmore, and um, this is kind of cool. And we we we'd actually like you to kind of send in your Mount Rushmores and let us know what you think, and, and be sure to kind of when you're watching the video when it premieres, for example, we always premiere the video at around lunchtime, Irish time. So I'm not sure how that works in, in the United States. Usually they're like five hours behind on the uh, East Coast and then six uh, and eight, I think it is. is the bre- 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 breakfast time for those guys. Breakfast time for those guys. So why not eat your breakfast and your coffee and, and, and listen to us sexy Irish beasts and make that food go down oh so smoother. We, 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 we chew a different fat. We do, we do, absolutely. <laughs> So um, yeah, until uh, until next week, for me, Ian Donnie O'Kelly, for the shopkeeper Noel Hogan, for the beef Joey D, and of course for the polar bear express himself, Mister Jason Kennedy. Until next week, we are over and out. <laughs>